Thanks for checking out the Candeo podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at candeochurch.com. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Um, pretty incredible <laughs> to be able to get our scripture reading from halfway across the world. Uh, and this morning, uh, we're primarily going to be looking at God's call for us to take the gospel, be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so for people that our church has sent out to be reading the scripture over us from all the way across the world is a pretty special thing this morning. And so uh, as, as they read, there's a number of passages that we're going to be looking through this morning. So get your Bible finger flipping, page flipping, fingers ready to go uh, a number of different places. But before we get there, I want to introduce myself. Um, like Cody said, my name is Dakota Jackson. I am... Um, I came on staff just this past October, so my wife and I and our family, we've been here for about four months or just over, and it has been a joy to be here, to be very quickly welcomed into this church family, which I thank you for. Um, and, and primarily, I serve uh, to, in three different areas on the community ministry team. So one of those is to help oversee connection groups, getting plugged in, connection group leaders. The second is church membership here at Candeo. And then the last one is global missions, um, international missions that we have here in the life of our church. And it's been incredible to be able to step in and see all the work that God has already prepared in when it comes to global missions here. Um, you guys are a very generous church. It's not everybody who can say in the last year and a half, we've sent people all the way across the world. Or this summer, we're sending 40 college students overseas on summer missions trips through Salt Company. Amen. Amen. All of that to heed Jesus' call to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And, and one of the things that I got to do in my first couple months here um, with kind of my role of being in community or uh, global missions is I went to a, a TTI fundraising conference. So TTI is it's the abbreviations for the Timothy Initiative, which is a, a ministry that we partner with at Candeo. We support financially, and their entire mission is to take the gospel to all people and all places on earth, particularly those where there isn't gospel access. They do an incredible job, and it was this conference that was being put on, uh, and it was really cool. I didn't know much about TTI before going, so sweet to be able to get to receive and hear a lot of that and be inspired by it. But the first night, I sat down at a table, and uh, this gentleman sits down next to me, and we start talking. His name was Kamal. And as we're in this conversation, I begin to sort of piece together that Kamal is like a pretty big deal here in this conference. Like there's a, a room full of a few hundred people. And I'm like, I think you're important here. And I think I realized that before I said anything too dumb because there's a lot of stories that go the other way, right? You say the dumb thing and then all of a sudden you realize you're talking to somebody really important. I think I was safe. But Kamal, eventually I find out uh, is one of the like main missionary leaders in TTI, and he oversees this region of India. He oversees hundreds of churches and thousands of disciples. So a, a man that God is using to do incredible things. But while I was in this conversation with him, he, he said something that stuck with me. He said, this is incredible. This fundraising conference and the prayers that are being prayed and the money that's being raised, all amazing. He said, but the most encouraging thing 
to me and the ministry that I do and we do overseas is not this here. It's the stories of disciples being made, whether that be in America or other places around the world. It's just the stories of people being ushered into the kingdom of God. That is the biggest impact that we could ever have on the kingdom of God is helping people to see the beauty of Jesus and be his witnesses. And so I want to start by saying that this morning because it's easy for us to jump to this last line of Acts 1-8 that we're going to get to and just focus purely on the ends of the earth and how can I support that. But the most encouraging thing and the most, most honoring thing, the biggest contribution we can make to the kingdom of God is to make disciples everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, in our own families and clear across the, go- the globe. But this morning, we are going to be looking at God's heart for the nations. And we're going to start way back in Genesis. And the reason we're looking at God's heart for the nations all throughout Scripture is because there's a lot of ways that we can be inspired, right? You, you, you're, uh, you're, you can be inspired by any number of things in this world. We could look at global missions, and there's a lot of sobering statistics, a lot of nations that have less than 1%, less than a tenth of a percent of the people in that country who are following Jesus. And those realities, the billions of people who don't know Jesus, should captivate our hearts and compel us to go share the gospel, but by far the most compelling thing we could ever sit under and learn from and be driven by is God's heart. And so we're going to look at God's heart for the nations, beginning in Genesis 12, verse 3. Before we dive into the scripture this morning, I'm going to stop and pray, and then we'll get to it. Lord Jesus, God of all glory and all grace, what an unbelievable gift it is, Lord, that you have called us to participate with you in bringing your name and making you known to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for this gathering of people this morning. We thank you for the ability to sit under your word and praise your name. Father, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray you would be glorified during this time. Lord, it is your glory that we seek and not ours. In your name, amen. So the very first passage we have is Genesis 12. Verse three, I'll, I'll read it. It says, I will, this is God's promise to Abram. He says, I will bless those who bless, the, bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So during our Advent series a couple months ago, Jake actually taught on this passage because it's one of the very first passages that is a foretelling of Jesus coming. This promise that God gives to Abraham long, long ago And he says, through you, through your lineage, somebody in your line, what will happen? All the peoples on earth will be blessed. Through this one who is eventually coming, this Jesus, there will come one who all the peoples on earth will be blessed through. And so we see from the jump, all the way back in Genesis, God's heart is clearly for all nations, for all peoples, to hear the good news. It's really easy for me to look at the Old Testament and think it's just the story of, of Israel, God's chosen people, just this nation. 
But God clearly articulates at the founding of the nation of Israel that my heart is for all nations and all peoples to be blessed through this one nation. And this is so important, so pivotal to the the story and the heart of God that God himself calls this announcement right here, this promise to Abraham, the gospel. How many of you, if I asked you what the gospel was, would you flip open to Genesis 12, verse 3, and say, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you? Probably not many of us. But in the book of Galatians, Paul is talking about this passage, and he says this in Galatians 3, 8. He says, now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaiming the gospel ahead of time to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. So God himself calls this announcement in Genesis 12, 3, the gospel. It doesn't mean it's the whole gospel, the the whole scope of it, but it is so important that God would refer to it as the good news, that it's not just about the nation of Israel or one certain people, it is about all nations. So we see it at the beginning, but then we'll turn to Psalm 117, the shortest chapter in the entire Bible. And we see that this heart that God has for all nations is not limited to one genre of scripture. This song that the psalmist writes to God, Psalm 117, verse one, Mark and Amanda read it. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples. Once again, we see God's heart is clearly for all people. This is a universal call to praise the Lord. He's not limiting it to anybody. He is saying, all nations and all peoples come and praise me. We're not limited or restricted in coming to God because of who we are, and instead, he has welcomed all of us in because of who he is. All peoples, all nations invited to praise the Lord. And this is probably a good time to talk about the the different words that continue to get used throughout our passages we'll see this morning in the whole Bible, generally trying to communicate the same idea. Even here, we have all peoples and all nations, we'll see later, all tribes, all tongues. There's all these words that holistically are trying to communicate an idea of all nations, all peoples, or maybe today, as we would say it, all cultures, being invited and welcomed to praise the Lord. I don't think the psalmist had our modern-day globe in mind when he talked about all nations, right? It's not about the borders that we draw. It's about something so much more beautiful than that. It's about all peoples, cultures, ethnicities being welcomed to praise the Lord. Every single one of them are necessary and needed and brought before the throne of grace and invited to praise God. His heart is for all nations. We can flip a little bit further in our Bibles. Another familiar passage to us as a church. Jake once again preached on this one in Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel 7, we get this vision of of, of God and the Son of Man coming. And in Daniel 7, it says this. He, Jesus, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. I hope you start to see, church, that these passages we're very familiar with have been preached recently, ones that are constantly on our mind. The heart of God for all nations is clearly on display. And in this one, a crazy thing happens. It says that Jesus has given all this dominion and all this power over all the earth so that all peoples and all nations would come and serve him. It kind of shifts it on its head because it's now not only are all people welcome, all people are sought after. You see, the kingdom of God is innately and intentionally a diverse kingdom. God, with purpose and intention, has established his authority and reign in Jesus so that people from all nations would come to praise, worship, and serve him. And so it is not limited to anything. And and we need to see that God is clearly seeking out. Is that me, Tim? Step this way. Oh, my bad. Swap mics? Oh, I got you, I got you. My bad. Yeah. The handheld, throwing it back. All right, we're in Daniel 7. Again, seeing the heart of God, and again, seeing that God is seeking out people, all people, all different types of people, all different cultures, all different ethnicities, because the kingdom of God needs those. It is incomplete if it just happened, if it, if it just consisted of one type of person and one type of culture. It is intentionally and purposefully diverse. So we'll flip to a very familiar passage, another one, in Matthew chapter 28, to continue to see God's heart for all nations. One of the most familiar passages in all of Scripture, it's the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus to his disciples says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Church, this blew my mind when I found this out. Did you know that the Great Commission is not go and make disciples? The what of the Great Commission is not go and make disciples. The what of the Great Commission is go and make disciples of all nations. It's not something new that Jesus invented. It's been the heart of God the entire time, and he communicates it clearly. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Here's why that distinction is really important. Because imagine this. You got a second grader in your house, all right? And you tell your second grader, all right, today at school, you need to go and you need to be nice to be everybody, you need to be nice to everybody in your class. They say, okay. They go off to school, they come home after school, and you say, hey, were you nice to everybody in your class? And they say, yeah, I was nice to my two best friends. You're like, okay, uh, well, how about everybody else in class? And you're like, well, I guess to Jimmy, I like stole his markers, and, and to Jermaine, I, I made fun of his glasses, and I pushed Susie down at recess. Well, why did you say yes? Like, clearly, no, right? Would we say that that second grader fulfilled the command of their parent to be nice to everybody in class? No, of course not. 
because we know that the scope of the command matters. The command was be nice to everybody in your class, not be nice to some. And in the same way, church, the scope of Jesus' commission matters. He says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. Because the very heart of God is for all people to come and hear the good news of his gospel. And so that brings us to Acts 1.8. The verse we've been looking at the last few weeks Jesus, again to his disciples, says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Once again, clear call from our Lord to go be witnesses to the ends of the earth, that the kingdom of God is a diverse kingdom, and certainly we should be witnesses here, but also far, far away. God's call to take his gospel to the ends of the earth. So that brings us all the way to the book of Acts, right? From Genesis clear to Acts, but even in the book of Acts, we see God's heart for the nations time and time again. I hope you're getting this, that this is not isolated to one part of scripture or one unique thing that Jesus said. It is all over. This entire Bible, this wonderful book we have is dripping with God's heart for the nations. In Acts chapter 2, The Spirit of God comes upon the disciples, tongues of fire over their head, and they start speaking in languages that they don't know. And then it says in verse 5 of Acts 2, now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. The entire known world is represented here in this moment, and they are hearing the gospel preached to them In their own language, Peter stands up and proclaims the good news of Jesus, is a witness to the people of the ends of the earth. A couple weeks ago, Stephen talked to us about Acts chapter 8, where Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, this Ethiopian man, this official, he's reading a scroll. Philip walks up to him, divinely inspired, says, do you know what you're reading? He says, how can I if nobody explains it? He explains the good news of Jesus to him. He baptizes him. Weird spiritual teleportation happens, right? Stephen talked about that. But this Ethiopian man from a totally different nation than Philip, here's the gospel, brings it back. And what we know about church history is that the church in Ethiopia was one of the most thriving and influential churches in the first century. The gospel going to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 10 Peter is given this vision, and God tells him the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles also. He goes to Cornelius, and the first convert of a Gentile person in the book of Acts. Again and again and again, God's heart for the nations. Or as Cody just mentioned, this Acts 13 moment. In Acts 13, there's this gospel goodbye that happens as they send out Paul and Barnabas, and it says that the Spirit called them and sent them out. And in Acts 13, verse 47, Paul explains why they left, right? It was a massive sacrifice for them to lose two of the incredible leaders in the church 
But Paul says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. And then he quotes Isaiah. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Time and time and time again, God's heart for all nations is on display. He gave Paul a very Jewish man. Paul would almost say he's a, a Jew of Jews. He is, he is the epitome of what it means to be a Jewish man, and God calls him to go bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And so he spends the rest of his life trying to fulfill the call that God has placed on it to go and make the gospel known to people who have not had any access to it, to, make, to be a witness to the ends of the earth. Here's the first thing that I want us to recognize in order to respond this morning. First thing that we need to realize before we jump into seeing, okay, I need to participate, is first we need to stand in awe. Because the vast majority of us in this room do not fall into the Jewish camp, we fall into the Gentile camp. And as Jesus commanded his disciples and said, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, Candeo, it doesn't get much different than Iowa in the 21st century. It doesn't get much further distance-wise than Iowa to Jerusalem. We are the ends of the earth. God commanded his disciples, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And yes, we need to be inspired by that to go and do the same. But first, pause and stand in awe and realize we're only here because Jesus gave that command. And then for hundreds and thousands of years, people were faithful and obedient to do just what he said. We are the ends of the earth. We are only reached with the gospel because other people were obedient. And so as we consider how we can participate in this command that Jesus has given, we must first stop and remember that we are the ends of the earth who are then going to reach more people who are the ends of the earth. So we need to stand in awe of all that God has done and all that he will do. But I want to give us some other applications this morning. If we've seen clearly, and I hope you have, that God's heart is for all nations, what does that mean for us? How then do we participate in what God is doing? I want to offer four things. To pray, to give, to go, and to engage. So the first one is to pray. I know that my temptation is that I pray for something when I can't do anything else that's productive for that thing. But as a good friend of mine constantly reminded me, prayer is productive. Sometimes we treat prayer like it's the last resort instead of the very first thing that we ought to ever do. If God's heart is for the nations, then we should pray that God would use us and compel us and use the church, the global church, to do exactly what he has set out to do, which is to reach all nations. The first and foremost, pray. I have a confession for you guys. I am really bad at praying for things that aren't in front of me. 
I'm, I'm bad at reaching out to friends who I'm, like, not physically near. Like, it, this out of sight, out, out of sight, out of mind thing. It, I'm working on it, but, you know, we're all being sanctified. The Lord, like, I, I just don't pray for things that aren't in front of me. Now, what I am pretty good at is checking my email. I get the ding. I want to get rid of the, like, parentheses one as soon as I can. I want that thing to be zero. And so what I've done is I've subscribed to every single one of the prayer letters, the prayer uh, lists that we partner with as Candeo, TTI, Mark and Amanda Jackson, the Thompsons, other people that we support so that I can get an email that comes into my inbox and a list of ways that I can pray, and then, then it's on me. <laughs> now I better stop and pray. So we need to get creative in your life to be able to commit to pray for God to do what he has set out to do to reach the gospel, to reach all nations with the gospel. And the more that we do that, the more our heart will be aligned with his. So first is to pray. Second is to give. I think God certainly calls us for our primary spot of giving to be the local church that we are a part of. But I personally would contend that outside of that, our dollars often make the most significant kingdom impact when they are given to work that is being done overseas. To support the ministries and missionaries who are seeking to do just what God has set out to do. To reach all nations with the gospel. And again, if we do that, our heart will begin to be aligned with God's heart for all nations. Because as Jesus tells us, where our treasure is, there our heart is also. If our treasure is going overseas and our prayers begin to go overseas, all of a sudden our heart begins to be stirred for what God is doing in all nations. So to pray, to give, the third is to go. All right, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't think that God is calling every single one of us to immediately lay down our entire lives that we have here and move them, transplant them to an overseas context. Maybe, maybe in a year this church building is completely empty. I kind of doubt it, but maybe. But here's my only ask of you this morning when it comes to going is that you would at least ask God if that's something he would be calling you to do. I think far too often we assume that he's not calling us. And, and my desire is simply that I would help people follow the call that God has on their lives. And so just, just ask him. Just pray and ask, Lord, is this something that you would even crack the door open to call me to? Maybe. And maybe he radically captures your heart and sends you overseas. And I know immediately there's a thousand reasons going through your mind like, that would never be me. You're looking around, I wonder who that's going to land for. Huh, somebody else in this room, I'm sure. But maybe God can overcome every one of those reasons and obstacles. Maybe he wants your kids to grow up in a different culture, in a different context. Maybe you've been working 40 years saving up that retirement account only to spend the next 20 years overseas being supported by that 401k. I don't know. I don't know if that's even how it works in the tax system and all that. I don't know. Somebody does. There's accountants in the room, I'm sure. But 
just pray and ask him, Lord, is that something that you maybe would call us to do? And then just try and walk faithfully to whatever he calls you to. So pray, give, go. And the last one is to engage. This one's a little more nuanced because it kind of plays out in two different ways. The, the first way is to engage with the nations around us. We live at a very unique point in history, church. A unique point in history where reaching, being witnesses to all cultures and different ethnicities and peoples may not mean you need to go over the ocean, may mean you just need to go across the street. Even here in the Cedar Valley, there are people from all different walks of life, all different cultures, all different backgrounds. And so for us to engage by being witnesses to the ends of the earth right here with your next door neighbor or your professor or the restaurant owner right down the street, somebody who's different. But that's the beautiful part about it is that we are different and diverse, but Jesus has broken down all the divisions that we like to make out of our differences so that we can be a beautifully diverse kingdom of God without any divisions whatsoever. So that's the first, engage with the nations that are around us. And the second is to engage with God's heart for the nations by listening. Truth is, who God is is infinitely deep, infinitely wide. We can't possibly begin to mine the bottoms of who God is. We will always, for all of eternity, be learning more about him and stand more in awe of him. But I think while we're here in this life, we can also be working towards that. So here's what I mean. Imagine your perspective and your experience and all that you know and have seen about God is like one piece of a puzzle. And God, in, in his fullness, is a one billion piece puzzle. And I know some of you are like really excited about that. Like, absolutely. Just got through the, my Christmas puzzle, ready to do the next one. And some of you are like, I don't want to do a five piece puzzle. What are you talking about a billion piece puzzle? I'm in that camp, so I get it. But just imagine for me. You got one piece of the puzzle. God is a billion-piece puzzle, and everybody has their own piece. You can't see much of the puzzle with one piece. Now, it's beautiful and glorious, your one piece. But the more that you begin to learn from and listen to other people, the more you start to see a little bit of the bigger picture. Your pieces start to fit together a little bit, and you can stand back in awe of God. It's amazing. But if you only talk to, listen to, learn from people who are similar to you and have a similar perspective, then you're o- it's like you're only staying in one section of that puzzle. But if we're able to step back and start to listen to and learn from and engage with people who are not like us, not from here, who have a different perspective of who God is, it's like all of a sudden, the world is being opened to a different part of that puzzle. And so what happens when we do that is we get to the privilege of standing in awe more and more of God because we get to see him a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more clearly, which will cause us to love him more and praise him 
more. So those are the application points. To pray, to give, to go, to engage. And now before I close this morning, we're going to listen to a, a short video by Kelsey and Dustin Baglow as they talk about how God is using them to engage with the nations that are around us. This has been a message from Candeo Church. To learn more about us or to hear more messages, visit us at candeochurch.com.